0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe.
1: This is the Believe in Pro Wrestling Podcast. Here's Ricky Chino and SB3 on the Believe Podcast Network. What is going on, you guys? Good Friday evening, Friday night get the party started get the weekend rolling we got smackdown tonight we got rampage tonight we're one week out believe it or not from crown jewel a lot to discuss today including the latest fallout from the brawl at all out apparently there's just a just a full-fledged mutiny if you want to call it in the aew locker room night right now when it comes to one cm punk those are the latest reports coming out from wrestling observer a lot of nuggets in the wrestling observer today Got some new signings for both WWE and AEW, reportedly. MJF continues to flash his brilliance, and uh, I'm not going to talk that much today because I'm still coming off of an illness. So, SB3, get ready for a heavy dose of yourself today, sir.
0: Might have been the wrong day to do this, because uh, my voice, if you notice anyone who listens to any of my podcasts, my voice is not at 100%, because oh I went to a New Japan show last night, and Ooh. the New Japan show didn't just have New Japan talent, had surprise appearances from John Moxley, from Eddie Kingston, so... I, I sang Kazaninare for Minoru Suzuki, my murder grandpa. So yeah, my voice is not at a hundred percent, but I'll try my best as oh per man. usual. We
1: we are both fighting hurt. We are both fighting hurt, but we are here for you. We we knew we had to get at least one show in this week. Sorry, we couldn't do a normal Tuesday show. I literally could not talk on Tuesday. I couldn't talk on Monday, couldn't talk on Tuesday, could barely talk on Wednesday. Finally gutted it through work yesterday, and I'm here tonight in a limited capacity uh, before we dive into everything. Cause we do want to make sure we get you off in time for SmackDown. Uh, basketball is back and that means SB three is happy and bet online. We would not be here right now without them. They remain your number one source for all your sports betting needs. This season Get the latest latest odds, team matchup information, player news and game trends at bet online. As your continued source for all your sports wagering information, bet online features live betting, free contests and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet on your favorite sports and events, whether it's the NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, or golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE to get those rewards. That is B-L-E-A-V, betonline, where the game starts. Speaking of contests, make sure if you're new to the show, we appreciate you guys joining us here today, but if you are new to the program, You like what you see, you like what you hear, hit the thumbs up button and also make sure to pound that subscribe button because once we get to 500 subscribers, we are giving away $100 free cash money to either WWE or AEW shop, your choice. Check out my pinned tweet to get all of the details. Basically, retweet my pinned tweet, make sure you're subscribed here and you're registered. Once we hit 500 subscribers, boom, we will make our selection. Uh, SP three, we're going to lead off here today, talking about, uh, surprise, surprise the, 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 man of the last couple of months here, even though we haven't seen him on TV, uh, since that media scrum is one CM punk and the signs continue to point to the fact that he's just not going to be back with the company. Even if he was able to work something out with Tony Khan, even if they were able to, to come to some kind of an agreement for him to return to TV, some kind of role, some kind of capacity wrestling observer saying today that pretty much the locker room, at least a lot of the top superstars in that locker room would not be down for that. Uh, basically, uh, as it was described in the Wrestling Observer, it's like if this was an episode of Survivor, the locker room would have gotten together and just voted CM Punk off of the damn island, right? So like he would have just been, no, we don't want you back. Uh, FIFO Select this week was reporting that Chris Jericho on his way down to that media scrum uh at at all out after the whole thing went down with cm punk and the elite (coughs) excuse me sorry uh, basically stopped cm punk and called him a locker room cancer like to his face just said you are a locker room cancer i mean when you when you hear this kind of stuff i mean at, at at some point when you have basically the entire locker room coming out against you at this point if you're cm punk man like Don't don't you have to kind of realize, hey, maybe I might be doing something wrong here?
0: If you got this person saying you're the problem and you got this person saying you're the problem and you got another person saying you're the problem, maybe, just maybe you're the problem and this whole news of the AEW stars essentially voting CM Punk out, it it kind of goes into the face of the people that have kind of been their defense uh, in defense of CM Punk. I have a friend who says that he's willing to give CM Punk the benefit of the doubt, and I was uh, my my contradiction to this was the whole CM Punk news and the side of the story that came out this week through Wrestling Inc. And that whole side of the story was an attempt by CM Punk to get a side of the story that put the elite in a bad light, that put him in the victim role, gave him the victim tag because his dog got hit with the door. And all it really did was confirm a few things for me. Kenny Omega is the victim in all of this because Kenny Omega not only saved a dog, he saved an injured dog and he did not swing on it we have been heard no reports no side of the story whatsoever has said Kenny Omega did anything wrong not only that from the Wrestling Observer and from Wrestling Inc Kenny Omega and CM Punk had a conversation had a had a very had a, had a conversation and didn't it didn't result in any fighting. They had the only reasonable conversation between the parties involved that night. So it made me feel extra sad and disappointed that Kenny Omega, a guy that spent al- almost nearly eleven months off our television, comes back for a few weeks, has this big uh pay per view matchup, first ever trio championships literally does nothing wrong in this whole scenario from punk side from the elite side from the middle ground no one has said kenny omega has done anything wrong yet he has been off television for two months i think that is that is atrocious but as far as cm punk, and he got bit and he got bit yeah i didn't even mention that part he got bit after saving the dog cm punk he does not look good this third time the story is changing like that i can understand if the aew stars are essentially just being like no we're 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 kind of over it we're done with it the the star power and the quality and the value that you have to aew to all elite wrestling in a lot of those guys minds at this point it's not worth it it's not worth it. You you helped push us for a good stretch where we were doing over a million viewers. You had, you were huge to our pay-per-view buy rates and every single pay-per-view you've been on. It's been the top five biggest pay-per-views AEW has ever done. All of that are facts. And you delivered one of the greatest uh, feuds in AEW history with, with MJF. You helped out MJF. But a lot of the things you said you were going to do at the beginning of this run you haven't really done it yet. And now you've created this whole big issue. You, you held on to resentment towards Hangman Adam Page when you could have let it go. And that was another side of the rustling ink, uh, you know, punk side of the story, saying that he feared that it would turn into a shoot fight with Hangman Adam Page. My dude. Like, this is, it's so, it's so inception of of, of just ridiculousness with CM Punk. My dude, you're the only one angry going into Double or Nothing, it seems. Whatever Hangman page, whatever type of resentment that he had towards you, he let it go with that one line in the promo that you held on to for two months. And for CM Punk, a person that, in the same report from Wrestling Inc., he said, you know the media scrum. It didn't even seem like that big of a deal, and all the people that were there, and you could tell you could give your your side of it being in that room. Said when CM Punk left, yes, during the the whole diatribe that he laid out, he was angry. But at the end, and I'm watching it, watching on TV, you were there live. It seemed like he was perfectly fine at the end. He ate his Mindy's cupcake. He got everything he needed to get off the chest. So I could understand that part of the report to CM Punk. It seemed like a big deal. Got everything out of the way. Got everything yeah, but, I needed to say. Not a big deal at all. Yeah, by it
1: the was- end of the, by the end of that media scrum, he was. Uh, oh God, who was it that was there? I think it was um, uh, Dominic. He was talking with Dominic about uh, you know the Pittsburgh Penguins. He was just shooting the shit about the NHL at the end of it. Like, yeah, he literally thought. I, yeah, I could definitely read that. Like, he literally thought it was no big deal. Said what he needed to say. It was ready to go back on about about his regular day about his business.
0: But what Punk side. tends to uh, not realize with this report they think this report is supposed to pick punk in a a bad light. no it actually messes up two of the things that has been a defense of cm punk one in the same report him saying that there was distrust between him and hangman page going into double or nothing he thought it would turn into a real physical fight my dude Hangman Page wasn't angry. If he had any resentment or anything, he got it out with the little promo line. You were the one that were angry. And if you're telling me, oh, I can't understand that he got the little line out and he's not holding a little bit of resentment going in, it didn't seem like that big of a deal, CM Punk. (laughs) He said one line, you should have let it go and moved on. You're the one winning in the end. You're the one winning the title. You're the one at the, at the post-conference and everything. You are good. Why are you? And, doing it, and it was a line. It show? was
1: a line that was so like, it went over the heads of so many people.
0: Like not you're the, you're the one who person, brought up the attention to it. The only person who brought attention to it was Punk. And then secondly, if it wasn't that big of a deal, and that means if it's not that big of a deal, you're not angry anymore. Therefore, the elite knocking on your door after you said in the post the post scrum, come to my door if you have a problem. They had a problem with what you said, so it shouldn't have been an issue that they came to your door and came to your locker room. So literally, this whole report has doubled down on the fact that CM Punk is in the wrong in this situation. I don't understand the logic behind even getting that side of the that's the third time they changed the story first time was young bucks kicked in the door they barged in second time was oh you know kicking of the door that's a figure of speech then the third time is they kicked in the door and they hit larry in the mouth and broke his teeth my dude like you can't change your story that many times it makes you look bad and that's what Punk is in this position right now, where a couple of days ago, I was like, man, it's not looking good right now. It's looking like CM Punk's on the way out, but I'm hoping they can get it together. But everything we've learned in the last couple of days is just like, nah, AEW is actually better off without it.
1: Yeah, Ricky agrees. Honestly, AEW is doing well without Punk right now, and they are, and frankly, they're doing well without uh, w- without the Elite. And And if that tells you anything about how everything has been going on, Uh, Behind the scenes, we we hear all the reports about buyouts with CM Punk and all these different stories are now starting to come out and not looking good for him. Haven't heard a whole lot about the elite, but we did see something about the elite this week, which I think speaks volumes about what might be going on there. They had this like Thanos snap-esque vignette with like the Kenny Omega and the young bucks just like fading away. And they had the AEW logo and they took the E and they faded the E out and everything like this. So obviously they're setting up some kind. They have to be setting up some kind of a return here, which, which is welcome news, right? Like the uh, AEW has been doing well with, (coughs) without these three guys, (coughs) excuse me, but it's going to be nice to get them back on the TV screen here. So,
0: yeah i mean uh we got the report before dynamite from uh fightful select which is is something that my good friend jimmy McGram over on AE Rambo and true heat said he says like it seems like with these wwe and aew returns and signings we hear of the day of we're gonna get anything on it <laughs> so the, the reporters are getting it off very timely it's the I mean, day of ha- and then it immediately happens
1: we got some for wwe too we're gonna yeah. talk about here coming up soon S-
0: so, so I, I give it up to Fightful for being the first to report it and then the vignette uh, confirming it. I think it's good that the Elite are back. Um, although as far as like the backstage scene, I think they have to realize that they're going into a different type of situation. At this point, the Elite, Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks are EVPs in title only. They need to kind of uh, see the lay of the land. They were backstage. Uh, PW Insider confirmed they were backstage at Dynamite on Wednesday. So they got to, you know, see a bunch of their friends back. I know they were happy to see them. But they need to realize that AEW is a little bit different now backstage in that you are not going to be the leaders talking in talent meetings anymore. One, it didn't work out too well uh, last time with Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega making jokes that went over people's heads and jokes that were in Appropriate for the time and two you guys were involved in a situation that gave a black eye to the company so you need to earn your leadership position back and you need to play the back seat to jericho danielson and moxley at this point So if they are able to do that, I think that it's nothing but a benefit to have the elite back on television. They give you a great undercard, especially them as a group in the trios division or just in the undercard. It just gives, it brings the feel back of September, 2021, where AEW were riding on all streams when they had the main event scene on lock with the hangman Omega feud. They had the young bucks in the tag team division because you had all that talent spread out. It, it created. You know that kind of the big feeling for AEW, probably the hottest they've ever been. Now you can recapture that. Say if you have that full gear, Moxley and MJF as the main event, and you got you know haters heating up on the women's division. You got her versus Storm. You got you know the Acclaim and Swerving Our Glory three. And now you can add in maybe possibly the Elite versus Death Triangle for the trio Championships. And that's a cha- that's a match that makes itself. You don't have to put a lot of mind work or make intricate angles to set up it's always it's going to be natural so i think that this is a great scenario but the vignette made me very intrigued on what the story is going to be with the elite because although the elite a lot of people like to focus on their in-ring ability the reason why they have grown the fan base that is so loyal to them is the stories that they provided us, whether it's the Bullet Club Civil War, whether it's Omega and Okada, whether it's the you know the Golden Elite, the reuniting of the Golden Lovers, whether it's the Hangman Saga. They have created some of these most enduring stories. So maybe we get the next big story from the Elite based on this video.
1: Yeah. And, and Stephen was also asking about the, you know, the Young Bucks and uh, Omega and their EVP roles as well. And I, I think you hit the nail on the head as far as in name only. And I think that was pretty much solidified with the recent contract extensions of John Moxley and Chris Jericho, because both of those contract extensions for five and three years, respectively, included expanded roles backstage and the mentorship and and, you know, everything else that they got going on. So they basically, Tony Khan has went out and has signed Moxley and Jericho into pseudo management positions uh, at this point. So basically the way I read into that is, yeah, Kenny and the Bucks have taken a step back as far as the leadership and managerial roles are concerned. And this is now Moxley and Jericho's locker room, maybe in, in, in title specifically, but then you throw Brian Danielson in there as well. Um, and maybe those are the voices that that kind of need to to step up and and be the ones to kind of carry carry the company for a while until the young bucks can, and and Omega can uh, work their way back into the good graces of Tony Khan, or they're just going to be there as performers. And maybe that's what they should be. I found it very interesting when you heard um, you know when Cody Rhodes went back to WWE and he did his media scrum after his match at WrestleMania, he was asked about possibly doing you know office type roles in WWE, and he said, "Nah, I'm good." I'm good. You know why? I I wasn't ready for it. I was too immature for it. It wasn't for me. Maybe that's the case for Kenny and the Young Bucks as well. I mean, starting a company sounds all well and good, and then you get there and you're trying to balance multiple roles. Maybe it wasn't for them. Obviously, it didn't work out well here. Things kind of got tumultuous and everything mixed together with CM Punk there. CM Punk looks like he's not going to be part of the equation anymore. Maybe it's the best thing for uh, the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega to just focus on the in-ring work and telling their stories and just doing their thing. And maybe that would be the best thing for AEW moving forward as well.
0: I wouldn't want that because I felt like AEW was at the strongest story wise in the women's division when Kenny Omega was a part of the booking for the women's division. So I, like I said, as far as like leadership, so as, as like handling situations between stars, they need to let that leadership position be taken by Moxley Jericho and danielson they need to realize that they don't they're not in that position anymore but as far as some of the other things that they did behind the scenes whether it's the young bucks caring about tag team wrestling and saying i want to i want to wrestle with this guy or i want to see these two teams go at there, or kenny omega just his overall passion and love for women's wrestling for joshi wrestling for people like Riho, or karashiida that got the big opportunities I wouldn't want them to completely just sure. negate their backstage roles.
1: Sure, uh, Soraya is there as well right now, so I think that'll that'll help. You're going to have that advocate there. I don't know how much pull she has, but I would expect she has a, a fair amount uh, backstage with that signing. So I think there would be help in that situation. And it's not like they're not going to; they're just going to stop listening to Omega and the Young Bucks. I feel like they would still have some say, uh, regardless. But again, that's all hearsay. And uh, and speculation. So I'm sure a lot more will come out about this in the days and the weeks ahead, and especially whenever uh the relationship between AEW and CM Punk eventually does come to an end. We'll we'll talk about it here on Believe in Pro Wrestling. Uh, real quick before we get to the five count, uh, SB3, your reaction. PWI saying that Juice Robinson and Bandito have now officially signed uh with AEW. Your thoughts on these two signings?
0: I think Bandito is a great signing. Um, AEW has a a couple of great Mexican stars, whether it's Ray Phoenix, uh, Pentagon, uh, Pentel Zero, Mero. Uh, So they have a, they have a bunch of talent that it can be seen in Mexico. But Bandito is was probably the most talented professional wrestler not signed to a major promotion. This guy is just so good. He had one of my favorite matches for Chris Jericho this year, uh, his matchup for the ROH World Championship, former ROH World Champion, had a great match with Jonathan Gresham earlier this year to unify the ROH World Championship. He's a type of guy that could stand out. And all, you don't need to do any angles. You don't even do any promos. Just give him 10 to 12 minutes in a ring on a Wednesday. He will become a star and become one of the guys everybody's talking about. So I think Van Detail is a great signing. Juice Robinson, I'm a little bit more on the middle ground, although he is a part of the same association as hard as me. He is a Bullet Club member, and he is rock hard. And, of course, he is Mr. Tony Storm. So he has a bunch of things going for him in that regard. That he does. I think he is very talented as far as like uh, his character work on the mic. I think he's he was one of the best baby face promos in the business back in like 2007, 2018, when he really uh, kind of made his star his, his making performances in New Japan Pro Wrestling. I just don't know how he stands out or what he can do to stand out on this AEW roster. So that's why I take more of the middle ground when it comes to him
1: frantic world saying uh that ring of honor show must be coming soon tk is getting some some good wrestler. i mean look regardless of whether or not he's got a ring of honor show coming up which it seems like he does um and i would hope so but uh i mean if you got a chance to sign talent at this level i think you you do it and you try to figure out where you can put them but i think that ring of honor show when it does come that's going to help out a lot of stars who currently aren't on tv at least get on tv on a semi-regular basis uh for those of you guys who are asking in the chat yes we will be back on redacted live tonight uh there's been a lot of uh, extenuating circumstances that have led us to not be on the air on redacted live on a friday night but we will be back tonight at uh 11 o'clock continue to get your comments in make sure to give us a thumbs up if you haven't already got a lot more to dive into here before we get into smackdown so let's get into this shall we It's time to answer the five count on the Believe Podcast Network. Almost hit that wrong button again. Would have been two shows in a row. I was that close. I was that, that close. SP3, the the brilliance of MJF continues. Um, We saw a little bit different promo from him this Wednesday as opposed to what we saw uh, live in Cincinnati. Cincinnati got real. Cincinnati got deep. You know, we saw him peel back another layer, another motivation, a little bit of the past between him and William Regal to to show us how he kind of became the man that he is today. Being a prick is is great, but actually giving us a reason for why you're a prick, I think, is better. All right. It allows us to relate to him a little bit. You know, we've we've all dealt with rejection in our own way. So I thought that was a, a great, a great thing for him to show us on on Tuesday on the eighteenth. And then this week, we got more of the comedy side of, of MJF. This guy is just flat out funny. His John Moxley impersonation, while sounding more like Chris Jericho than John Moxley, body-wise is pretty much just straight on. And anytime I see that clip of him saying, I'm going to gargle your piss, I just lose it. I can't help but just laugh my ass off. Like, And everything that this guy is doing right now is killing it with the audience. This guy told an international treasure, Renee Young to shut her mouth and still got cheered like everything that this guy is doing right now is just landing. And then you had the, what happened at the end of the night after Moxley earlier in, or after uh, MJF earlier in the evening told Stokely Hathaway and the firm to lay off of John Moxley, they go against his his wishes. They attack John Moxley after he successfully defended his uh, AEW World Championship against Penta in the main event. Great match. They attack him. MJF comes out on the stage. He's struggling with himself internally like, no, but they're doing me a favor, but I told him not to. I'm going to earn it, but this isn't me. Then he runs down there and he finally makes a save. He calls John Moxley an idiot saying, hey, are you blind? There's six of them. How'd you not see him coming? And then the firm lays his ass out after he fired him and put his ass through a table. And it seems like we're we're full steam ahead here on the MJF babyface turn, but I'm not so sure that I'm buying it 100% of the way here. I'll let you answer the question here, and then I'll give my reasoning. As of right now, do you think AEW is going to pull the trigger on the MJF babyface turn, probably at full gear if it does happen?
0: No, it won't happen at full gear. I think they will pull the trigger on an mjf baby face turned uh possibly very soon but i don't think i think at full gear we're gonna get the revelation that this was all a ploy. the greatest trick the devil ever did was make everyone believe they didn't exist so i think that mjf is basically honeydicking us Sean Ross said it best. He's honey dicking us. If you don't know what that means, it's a term that women use for a man that says whatever they want to hear to get what they want most of the time to get in their pants and MJF is in our pants as fans and he is just having a good old time because we let him in. We opened our legs for some MJF and he's just saying everything we want to hear. The promo on Dynamite was exactly like that. He's still the devil, but he is trying to make us believe he doesn't exist and the firm attacking him I think is all a part of the plan because if it's not, This whole association of MJF and Stokely Hathaway was incredibly rushed. I'm hoping that AEW takes the time with this story because if it's not a trick, if it's not a trick and they rush this storyline, then it's an (laughs) indictment against Tony Khan as a booker.
1: Sorry, I thought I hit my cough button there. And here's the thing about this whole situation with the firm. It makes no damn sense. You're Stokely Hathaway. You're getting paid by MJF on retainer to do his bidding when he calls for you. Why are you going out there and doing free work? And why are you going against your boss's boss's wishes? It's almost like you're trying to get fired from your retainer. Why would you do that? What is the motivation there? You cut this promo that basically said, Hey, look, we're here to help out MJF when he needs us to. But other than that, We have our own individual goals that we are looking forward to. Why are you now collectively as a group going against everything that you said from the jump? It doesn't make any damn sense. So that to me, I think we're getting like the Vince Gilligan level style of setup here, right? Like anybody who's watched Breaking Bad or Better Call Saul when they're trying to set up a frame. They shoot, they shot Nacho twice and almost killed him just to make sure that the cartel knew that he wasn't involved, even though he did. This is exactly what they're doing here. I believe, I believe they are setting this up. They are making it look convincing that the firm and MJF, although they're in cahoots there, it's this entire time leading up to full gear. They're making it look like they've now separated. They're now going their their separate ways and making it look like I I guess the end game here would be to let John to have John Moxley kind of let his guard down a little bit, that there would be no outside interference because who's helping out MJF after everything that MJF has done to literally everybody in the freaking locker room if the firm isn't there. So maybe this is to make Moxley think, hey, it really is a one on one fight until the firm gets involved until the dynamite Demon ring gets involved until maybe William Regal gets involved. There's so many different elements and angles that they could go with this, but MJF, I will tell you this much is promising that so many things are not going to be involved. This man has something up his damn sleeve at full gear. It ain't going to be I, no clean finish.
0: After watching the, the promo where he was very adamant about, uh you know not using the dynamite diamond ring i think it would be you know very easy for him to use it go back on his word and use it but i don't think he will i think he's not going to use the dynamite diamond ring and instead going to use william regal's brass knuckles either either we get the payoff of what i said last week of william regal turning on moxley and associating with mjf or the firm jumps regal takes the brass knuckles and hands it over to MJF, and that's a. Uh, I think MJF will win with the brass knuckle shot to Moxley at full gear.
1: That that would be poetic, right? Like that would be, that would be beautiful. Again, I think I think there's something, something like that is in the works. There's just the it's it's lining up almost too perfectly here for for them to actually just follow through. There's got to be some kind of a, a, a swerve here. And, and honestly, I, I don't think that's necessarily the, the the worst call is to keep MJF as the top babyface or the top heel in the company. Because if you're going to go ahead and, and switch him over to being numero uno babyface, which is what he would be right off the bat because he's so white hot right now. Who's the Joker and who goes who becomes the Joker in this situation? Do you try to make a double turn with Moxley? Do you try to turn the entire Blackpool Combat Club at this point? You have so many high-level baby faces in AEW, but outside of Jericho, who's who's the other big bad, right? So it's like, where do you go with MJF after he turns good guy and finally earns it and stands on the top of the mountain in, in AEW, like he said he would? Where do you go from there? Who who's who's the next big bad? So, um, without also setting that up at the same time as the next challenger I, I think it would be hard to keep that momentum rolling if you do make MJF a babyface the other thing I will say about while like none of this makes sense as far as like MJF turning babyface his whole story in Cincinnati was like the motivation for William Regal was that he was going to get to the top of the mountain no matter who he had to step on no matter what shortcut he had to take now that he's at the goal line after seven years of doing all that now he's going to earn it He's, he's not that dumb. He's very smart. He's very, very smart. He ain't going to say, off. Oh, screw this. I'm going to take my offensive line out of the game, and I'm going to go right up the gut and try to score here and really earn it. Hell no. You're bringing an extra lineman. You're going up and over the top. You're MJF. You're much smarter than this. Don't try to pull this shit on me. I ain't believing it. I ain't going to believe it until it actually happens. We do have a, uh, another update uh, as far as Sasha Banks uh, is concerned. Um, and that's pretty much that, hey, she's she's not back with WWE yet. I don't know if you noticed that. She hasn't shown up back up. She's been doing a lot more red carpet appearances. I think, she, what was she at? She was at the Black Panther 2. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, purple with, carpet.
0: With the New Day and a bunch of uh, the Usos were there. So
1: Naomi was there as well. Uh, so she's she's living her best life doing runways and and red and purple carpets and all this stuff. Uh but, uh, and I didn't mark who this was, I do believe it was PWI, or maybe it was um the Wrestling Observer. It was one of those two, Who said that there has been a little bit of a, a hang-up in negotiations as far as her con- uh her return is concerned. She's still under contract with, with WWE, according to this report. But negotiations let's say have have hit a little bit of a snag does that make you nervous at all sp3 about her potential return falling through with the company
0: okay so i know when the reports first came out sasha banks and naomi are more likely to return to wwe or in talks to return to wwe i was like yeah i would love to see sasha banks back in the ring i'm a huge sasha banks fan have been for the past seven eight years now not going to deny that if Sasha Banks comes back to WWE I will be here for it and I'll be happy to see it however when Sasha Banks first left the company I was very adamant that I thought the best decision for her was to stay out of WWE for as long as possible and to do what she's been doing and that's getting herself out there, making a name for herself, letting herself be seen. New York Fashion Week, uh, the She-Hulk premiere, the Black Panther premiere. She is she's going to be a, a, a person, you know, participating in the Vulture Fest with, with Naomi. I I'm okay. And I think the reported hangups is all the things Sasha Banks could be doing that she won't be doing with WWE. So I am perfectly fine with Sasha Banks holding stuff up until the deal works for her
1: yeah and you know fightful selected reported at the time that you know sasha sasha could take non-wrestling related bookings all the way through january so you know that that's i think maybe because there initially the report is that she was released from the company but there was a lot of paperwork that was still being go or red tape or this that and the other thing and maybe it was her not could be facts are we don't know for sure what we do know is that she can only take non-wrestling related bookings through January so she does have some time so if she keeps getting booked for dates and more more stuff more opportunities arise maybe she gets an acting gig well, now all of a sudden it kind of becomes like the situation with the rock right like hey i'll i'll be there if the money's right and if my schedule allows it and i think that's exactly what this is i definitely think that she'll be back now i i feel much better that she'll be back now i don't see her and I could be wrong. I don't see her at in February showing up with a full-time contract to AEW. She might show up for a couple of one-off appearances, but I don't, honestly, at this point, maybe she doesn't even come back full-time to to WWE. Maybe she is a part-time performer from here on out because she's going to keep getting more and more opportunities. She's been showing up at way too many Marvel red carpets for me, by the way. Like, that's got to be a sign. Thank right? you. Thank you. got to be a sign,
0: right? Like, I mean I mean Marvel need to help because they slipping they slipping right now and and, and the rock over with Brock Adam on on DC EU even though they suck but Black, Black Adam Rock has Black Adam works might want to get some some wrestling representation on your side Marvel hey, look All I'm saying
1: is Sasha Banks
0: as Storm
1: I'm I'm just saying now like you could sign me up for that all day, every day. And then get Becky Lynch's siren. And you know, we're we're off and running, man. Like let's just let's just load up all of WWE on the X-Men. Let's go. Let's just keep these ladies on my screen for the next, you know, 10, 15, 20 years, whatever you got going on here. Uh, we did get a return on Monday. Someone that we haven't seen in quite some time, both literally and figuratively. Nikki Cross is back. This is a move that a lot of people have been clamoring for ever since she showed up in the superhero outfit in the first damn place. Nikki Ash appears to be no more. She shows up in the main event on Monday, attacks both Bailey and Bianca, which is kind of interesting. I don't know what to make of that, honestly. Is she still a heel? Is she a tweener? Is she who gives a shit? Is it just, hey, I'm pissed off at the world, and I'm going to hit anybody and everybody? Your reaction to now Nikki Cross resurfacing and now interjecting herself in uh, this women's title feud that's been going on?
0: My reaction to Nikki Cross returning to attack Bianca and Bailey? Meh. Next question. I'm sorry. I'm not going to get excited anymore. Triple H made me learn from damage control, got all excited about that, and it took them two months to basically make them a non-factor, or like everyone else on this roster, so I'm not going to get excited about Nikki Cross coming out and doing a cool dive and attacking some people. Well, I think the
1: story here is the fact that she's no longer Nikki Ash, and I know there were there are a lot of people who were clamoring for a new direction for her. So, are you curious at all what the new direction is is going to be? She definitely seemed unhinged. Maybe we get some form of the Nikki from sanity that everybody's been been clamoring for. You just you
0: just don't nah. care man nah. until until they give me a reason to care i'll care when they give me a reason to care i'm a huge nikki cross fan but they haven't gave me a reason to care about her in a while so her randomly taking like 3 weeks off and then coming at, back at, wasn't even long enough she was gone for 3 weeks and then comes back is it only 3 weeks yeah, it, was a, it was it was only like a month it was barely a month i mean the last match she lost a match to Candice LeRae who just came yeah. back in september
1: yeah so she lost the match she like took off her mask and she looked all pissed off in the ring and then yeah she disappeared for a couple of weeks and now now she's back we'll see we'll see i I i'm a huge fan if she had
0: came if she had came out with dewdrop and alba fire i'd be here for it but just nikki by herself attacking everybody i was like i'll wait and see matt
1: yeah um Whatever gets her more opportunities, you can sign me up for. Um, Clearly, the uh, almost a superhero gimmick, while I was on board with it from the get-go, it did not work out. Not entirely her fault at all. She was set up for failure pretty much from the get-go with that gimmick, even though they did give her a championship, the booking, everything. I've broken that down a number number of times. Um, She's way too talented to be chasing the 24-7 championship. She's way too talented to just be sitting back and catering. So whatever gives her an opportunity to get back in the limelight, I'm I'm 100% for here. Number four here, The Rock's daughter, Ava Rain, made her NXT debut, SP3, on Tuesday. She is now a member of Schism. What was your reaction to that? Because I know the internet blew the hell up on Tuesday night when she showed up.
0: Now, this is how you get a reaction from SP3. Ava Rain, the pebble, is in NXT. She's a part of the schism. She is one of the roots of the tree. Four roots, one tree. I am a schism mark. If anybody has seen me review NXT for Wrestle Talk, you know I used to to sing the praises of Joe Gacy's delivery of his promos and the eloquence, the eloquence of his promos i'm here for it i wish i was still reviewing nxt so i could have read out that ava rain promo
1: i mean there were a lot of people who were mad about this and they were going oh my god i can't believe this is what i saw that stupid this is what the you know like mean mug rock mean like picking up a phone and, and calling sean michaels and triple H, like what the hell are you doing with my daughter kind of thing and it's like guys guys she's on tv it's a new role can we let Do we have to trot her out there as, oh, this is the Rock's daughter? She's got enough fucking pressure on her as it is. Let her grow on her own. Let her branch out. Let her, you know, sow her own oats in the the world of professional wrestling. We don't need her to to be trotted out there as the Rock's daughter right from the get-go. Most people know anyway. She looks just like him, all right? Like, seriously. Seriously. This is this is good. It's good to get her on TV. I'm I'm glad she's healthy. I know she had some injury concerns, so it's great that she's there. I'm not as big on schism. There's just something about the name that I can't hop onto. Uh, but you know whatever. It, it it's cool. It, it it intrigues me. It's gonna get me to tune into NXT more. I will say that much. Uh, for sure. Spoiler
0: Four alert. Four roots,
1: one tree spoiler alert for those who are getting set to tune into smackdown ronda rousey has an open challenge tonight sp3 and according to reports we know who it's going to be neil dashwood coming back to wwe your uh your thoughts on that this is one that i would i've been hoping for for a long time now
0: I'm here for Tennille Dashwood, so talented, uh, someone that I felt never got a real good shot on the main roster. She is a part of the early staples of the NXT division, uh, the NXT division that caused the women's revolution. I think that people forget, you know, Page and Emma's contributions to that, so I will always sing their praises. And she was really good in Impact Wrestling. I felt like Impact should have done more with her. She should have probably had a reign as Impact uh, World Champion, Impact Knockouts World Champion. So I'm a, I'm a big fan of Tennille Dashwood, and I'll be glad to see her back. And I think she'll be someone that could make a good matchup for Ronda Rousey.
1: Yeah, I I agree and I think she's going to be around. She's going to get a much bigger push uh, than she what, what she got in the past. You're right. She did not get a fair shake um the last time she was in WWE on the main roster. Some legal issues, maybe some immaturity issues the last time she was here, but she is so much better now than she was then and she was good back then. I'm excited to see what she can do. I hope she's a major player. And I'm if you're going to add more talent at this point, I say add it to the women's division. And that may be the case here because PWIs reporting Chelsea Green is done with Impact as well. And we'll be making her way to WWE here soon. So maybe we'll see her tonight. You know, you said it earlier yourself, right? Like they just show up, they, they say these reports, and then boom, somebody shows up. I'd like to see Diana Perazzo come back as well. I don't know if she's fully no, done with impact.
0: No, 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 no. This woman's been talented for such a, since the moment I saw her in Ring of Honor back in, like, 2015, this woman's been talented, and she was with WWE for two years, and wrestled freaking three matches! How dare you even say she should come back to this damn company? I don't care, and I was under Triple H! That wasn't even in, she had three matches for NXC! not the fucking main roster! What?
1: Damn. That's how you get a reaction out of SP3. I'm a
0: you Deanna Barasa fan. You can check out my interview with her on True Hill Heat. This woman deserves the world, and I don't trust WWE at all after that first run to, do, to treat her right.
1: I, I'd just like to see her and Chelsea tag in WWE. That's all
0: I was saying. Yeah, because they do great things with the women's tag team division. They need more teams. They have a bunch of talent that they can make teams with. And they don't
1: do that. They need to be doing that. You're right. You're right. All right, everybody go watch SmackDown. It's been the Believe in Pro Wrestling podcast. What a great ending. Brought to you by Ben Online. Thank you for listening to Believe.